before we jump into this show, do you remember last year around Christmas time, I had an audio drama that I put out. It was called uh, St. Nick and the Big F*** Up. How could I forget? It was so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm going to be doing another one. And uh, I wanted to let you and our listeners know that in support of that, I've started a Patreon. And I'll be taking the subscribers through the whole process of creation. They could see what's been there, what I've what I've done already, and, and sort of follow along as I write it, as I revise it, as I record it and put it all together, they'll be following along for the whole thing. And at certain levels, I'll create a special version just for my subscribers at those levels. There'll be like an early release version of the whole thing for them. That is so awesome. You know, and that's just the beautiful part about this artistic landscape that we're in right Mm. now is we really have the opportunity as artists to invite the audience into what we do. And if, if you don't know what Patreon is, um, and actually, Phil, why don't you tell what Patreon is? Sure. Patreon is essentially a platform that allows people to follow uh, creators and support them and back them in their endeavor, whatever it is that they're creating. And they get perks like behind the scenes looks at, at, at how things are happening, sometimes early release. Sometimes there's merch. I don't know yet all kinds of stuff. We'll do live streams and things like that that are just available for the backers. I can tell you listeners right now that I have heard Phil Rickaby talk about his projects and his writing. And it's such a treat to listen to you talk about what you love and what you're most passionate about and just to hear that skill set come forward. So all I can say, folks, is that I do highly recommend getting involved with this on the ground floor. Well, thank you so much. And they can check it out at patreon.com slash philrickaby. Shall we jump in? That was good. Let's do it. I'm Jess McCauley, and I'm a theater maker, and I am also an introvert. I'm Phil Rickaby, and I am a writer and performer, and I am also an introvert. And this is The Introvert's Guide to... Introvert's Guide to we talk about the introvert life and how to live it to the fullest. We'll choose a topic and discuss it, as well as try to find other helpful hints on social media and on the internet at large. If you want to drop us a line, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at introvertguide2, the number two, and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you want to send us a message, you can do that through the website, or you can email us at introvertsguidetostuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide too. And if you like the podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a comment and a five-star rating. Your comments and ratings help new people find this show. But Even better, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, if you know someone that might like The Introvert's Guide too, tell them about it. Some of our favorite podcasts became our favorites because someone we know told us about them. I feel like this topic is going to bring up some some strange memories for some of us. No, no. Yeah. It's not going to bring out a nice color in me. <laughs> it's just, um, I already have a bad habit of ghosting people. You've talked about it quite a, quite a few times, yeah. actually. Quite a few times, yeah. yeah. Just, to, just, to, just to make sure that you, 
Everybody remembers. We've talked about that a few times. Quite a few times. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Me, excuses, parties, don't do it. No, when it comes to a clingy friend, I've I've been there. I've absolutely been there and I have never actually had one of them explode on me except for one time. And I think I mentioned this person in the um in our friendship breakups. Yes. Why don't we, just to get things started, try to define a clingy relationship? Well, do we want to hear something from a professional or from our own perspective? I think that, I mean, professionals, <laughs> what do they know? Let's Which, talk about, let's talk about from our own perspectives. Sure. So from my perspective, a clingy person is somebody that constantly needs to be around you. They need to have that emotional reassurance that you're not going anywhere. And, and they, they allow their insecurities to speak for them. And it impacts the relationship to a degree where it's constant reassurance from the other that they're not going anywhere. The friendship is valued and it just becomes too consuming for a organic relationship to bloom. I think it's the same whether we're talking about a a clingy relationship for a friendship or a and a partner or somebody who wants to be a partner. Like that is, you know, in, in many ways, uh, that kind of relationship is it's unhealthy because it's largely one sided with with um, one person constantly having to give validation or reassurance to the other. Um, while the other one is consistently requiring more time and attention from the other person. Yeah, I generally, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with being a high maintenance or a low maintenance person. But when you are high maintenance to a degree that it becomes demanding on somebody else, that is unhealthy behavior. I don't think we like to look at it as unhealthy. I, right. I We don't like to view the way... We don't like to say that about ourselves when our behaviors are unhealthy sure. because we don't know how they're being perceived by other folks. But I think in this case, it's so important to label that part of yourself and come to terms with that, if that is you. <laughs> I mean, this is, I mean, if, if you are, if, now here's the thing, here's where things get complicated because somebody might have been told that they are clingy when really they're an uh, they are an affectionate person and the person that they are pursuing or 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 in a relationship with is not and then the word clingy may thrown around and that is a a miscompatibility in terms of like uh, uh physical or or attention right mm -hmm. and that that can get you know if you've been told that you're clingy and you don't think you are maybe you aren't but i think that that what makes somebody clingy is the the need for as constant as possible validation or attention from the friend or 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 romantic partner that they are that they are pursuing or or in that relationship with mm -hmm. it's needing more more attention more uh more time more more texting, phone calls, all of that stuff than the other person is 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 able to give. Mm -hmm. 
Would you would you agree with that or would you add to that? No, absolutely. Um, because a lot of times some a clingy behavior can stem from loneliness. And and that loneliness can become almost all too consuming and mm-hmm. it can it can grow into an anxiety and a reaction. Sure. So for me, I I have anxiety. I do need reassurance, but I also know that um, I am someone that is okay being on my own. I, I am okay not hearing from somebody for days, weeks. I'm, I, I do that myself. I go mm. off the face of the earth. I know I am not a clingy individual. Phil is laughing, everyone, and we don't know why. No, I'm not laughing. I was smiling. <laughs> I was smiling out of recognition. Don't, don't accuse Thanks. me of laughing. No, I mean, here's the thing is that I recognize that. Like, mm. there's... There is that fine line, like somebody can can have anxiety and not be clingy. Mm-hmm. When it crosses over from anxiety into clinginess is when the friend or romantic partner is requiring time mm-hmm. and and attention that is impeding on the rest of the person's life. For example, um, if you need to go to work. And that person is like texting and getting angry because you did not text while you were at work or something like that. Like, depending on your job, you might not be able to. Um, they get upset with you if you have a prior engagement because you couldn't hang out with them. Uh, you should be able to cancel those engagements for them or they, it can get uh, very overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very. Um, it starts, I mean, really the part where. I recognize that there's a cling a clingy issue in somebody is and it's always a red flag for me is when they always ask if they can come with me somewhere. So if it's going to be somewhere like a um a hobby, like maybe going to a rehearsal mm-hmm, for instance, mm-hmm. those are always closed. Rehearsals yes. are always closed. Yeah. Don't have spectators. And I have had to tell a friend once or twice three times. <laughs> <laughs> more times than it was more than enough that rehearsals are closed spaces. And I remember them getting angry with me because they Mm. thought I was hiding something. It was like a, well, you know, if you're, Oh yeah. I, I had to really explain to them what theater is like and how, you know, you go and you have these temporary friends for a little bit. You're super close. You move on to the next project Mm -hmm. And this person didn't understand that Mm. concept. And it's just, you know, at first, very naive to it. Mm -hmm. Very naive. It was a, well, you know, maybe one day you can be a part of a theater group and and I can't come to your rehearsal or, you know, maybe you should try something. And Mm. the more I tried to explain to them, the more agitated they were getting. And I realized on, on my own self that I don't think recognizing that red flag is what was getting me into more trouble. Free pass for a bit of that, though. A lot of people don't know and wouldn't understand that when you are when you join a a, a, a group who are doing like a performance, a play, whatever, um, you very quickly form into a family, mm-hmm. and it becomes very close very quickly. And then when that show is done, no matter how much you still love and care for those people. 
you pretty much don't talk to them again unless you're in another show together. So it's all very temporary and very intense and very strong. And yet, um, so that's, that's, that's easy. I can, I can see somebody being confused by that, but not accepting the, I'm sorry, but you can't come to rehearsal. That's, that's not how it works. That's like, so you're writing an exam today. Can I tag along? I know, I know. It, like there was a boundary there. And they said like, well, can I ever come? I'm like, yes, when the show opens. Yes, you can come <laughs> to see the show, not to a rehearsal. And with the audience and pay for a ticket. And I just, oh yeah, they also didn't like that they had to pay for a ticket. That's that another story. That's too. another yeah, story, that's but yes. Yeah. <laughs> but there are, there are, you know, boundaries to, first off, I I have difficulty with the phrase, can I tag along? Because I'm the kind of person who's likely to say yes, not because I necessarily want you to come along, but because I, as we've previously discussed, I don't like confrontation and I don't like to say no and I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. So if I didn't invite somebody and they're like, can I tag along? I'm going to say yes and resent it. <laughs> Can I tag along is one of those phrases that gives me goosebumps. I hate it because I I know you, Phil, mm-hmm. and you and me are not intrusive folks. No. No. We we have personalities, yes, and you know, we I can be bold, certainly. Intrusive, absolutely not. If someone does not explicitly invite me, mm-hmm. I don't know how to utter the words, can I tag along? Yeah, no. I don't know how to say that. I mean, there are, there are situations where that's, I'm, you know, if we both, like, happen to be going to the same place. Like, if I run into you on the subway and... I mentioned that I'm going to a thing. You're like, well, I'm going to that too. And you're like, can I tag along? By all means, we were going to end up there anyway. It would be super awkward if I said no. And we just sort of stared at each other across the room or whatever. You know, eyes squinting like we're going to have a showdown. That's weird. Kind of expecting that now to happen. Outside of that, like if I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go down to the car. If, you know, back when we could do that. I'm going to go down to the coffee shop and write for a bit. Oh, can I tag along? No. No. Even if I said I'm going to read for a bit, like, can I tag along? No. Because I'm not going to be able to do those things because gonna, you're going to obviously make it like need to have conversation or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Then it's then it's not me time. It's we time. And that's not time I'm into. No. Nope. <laughs> no, nope. thank you. No. Outside of a friendship, have you ever been in a clingy romantic relationship or had somebody approach you where that was immediately a red flag? I gave this person three dates and I should not have because on the third date, they told me they were in love with me. You know, I was going to share a similar story, but this was after the first date that I was told that they loved me. and. I I am ashamed to say that that was the end of that conversation and I I just felt like it was time to I hate to say it I ghosted them I ghosted them hard but it was like 
weird and uncomfortable. And I was like, we've had one date. Did what did you what did you say that in the moment? Uh, it was it was it was by text, <laughs> which is weird enough. I think I think I was I I don't even know how I responded because it comes up on text and you're like you sort of go into like this this like apoplectic like what is happening what's going on here how is this possible why are these words being spoken or, or written now do I throw my phone across the room what happens now what do I do I think I just stopped communicating at that point because I just couldn't somebody watched way too much how I met your mother and got too many notes i i don't know i don't I, know i don't know but that show is already terrible so so you had a three date a three date to i love you and i had a one date to i love you oh. at that point i was like this is no this there's something something about that oh yeah no i we were on our way like we already lived in separate cities so for me, it was very easy. We were getting on Greyhound buses and he said it. And I just remember going like, okay, bye. Your Greyhound buses, they were getting onto theirs or. Yep, and I just, I made it seem like as if there was a lot of noise too. Like, a, oh, okay, see ya. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they texted me and they were like, hey, was that weird? And I was like, well, I mean. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. It was weird, and I don't think uh, I don't think this is gonna work. Yeah, yeah. So you were, I think you reacted, at least in the aftermath, better than I did. I was just like, I, I think I was like, I stood there holding my phone for a while, being like, I <laughs> don't know how to respond to that. Like fingers in like the the the, the typing position on the phone, and then finally just like put down the phone like I that's no I mean the thing is that I don't think that was a clingy relationship but it I think it was like it would have been yeah no mine definitely was clingy too much touch I'm I I don't mind touch but it's when it's maybe the first date it was a bit much always like let me frame it this way if you go out for dinner with somebody do you sit across from them? Of course. Okay. This one was beside me with their no. arm. <laughs> yep. No. Yep. No. No. Yep. Arm no. over me and all. No. Eat with the one hand. No. Yes. No. Because you know what? That to me, that's somebody, that's some that's a power move. That is somebody staking their claim and saying, This is mine. And that and 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 on the first date, that is not a thing you do. Good day, sir. Good day. <laughs> I should have. I should have brought a top hat just to do that. You should have. You should have just like shrugged off that that arm around your shoulder, stood up and said, good day, sir. I, you know something, I was so naive back then. I should have known that I had the ability to do that. But those those skills are so, they're learnable, but not easy mm. to come by if you don't put them into practice. So let's say that somebody has found themselves in a relationship that has that imbalance, mm -hmm. whether it is a friendship or a relationship, there is somebody who is asking more time of them, asking more from them than is really reasonable or that they can give. Mm -hmm. What do you do? First and foremost, don't do a Jess and make excuses to not be with them. When they ask you to hang out, be direct. 
don't be rude. Be direct. Just say, no, thank you. I'm busy this day. This week is not a good time for me. Or if, if it is a good week, but you just, you need some space, find, you will find ways to make that space to yourself important. You will find ways to be able to frame it in a reasonable, kind way. But making excuses is going to get you into more trouble. It's just going to weave more lies to you. And you will be caught in some in some cases. You will be caught. Hmm, Jess, how, I mean, how would you know about this? So anyway... Um, <laughs> sometimes when you are in that kind of situation the person who is demanding more time of you does not take no for an answer and will argue with you and sometimes throw uh, something of a tantrum what does one do when there is a, a person who is demanding more time that we can give and when you tell them that you can't give them that time, that they attempt to guilt you or argue with you that that you are not being fair to them. That is a really good point to start laying the preliminary boundary. It's not like it's not a time to call out the behavior immediately and say that's very toxic. It's unhealthy because you don't know if you don't know this person particularly well, and maybe you don't know their mental health history, you don't know their previous relationships, mm. start the foundation off with kindness. Mm. Remind them that, you know, you, you are only one person, you mm. have limited time, you have priorities and engagements. That is not an unreasonable thing. Now, when yeah. they start throwing the tantrums, that's the time to maybe remind them again that you are a human being and you are trying yeah. and that it's not fair to demand that. It's okay to remind somebody in the moment that you're not being fair right now. And it's okay to lay out the receipts, A, yeah. B, and C, I, here's what I've done. But don't feel that you need to fight them to the nth degree until they absolutely agree with you because that's on them to reflect on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of throw a bit of a wrench into this whole idea because if you're in a relationship that is that is almost one-sided like that where somebody is demanding more time than you can give or than you want to give there's a good chance that you may not like that person very much mm-hmm. and that you may be hanging out with them because of how they react because they throw tantrums just to save the tantrum. You may not be enjoying that friendship, in which case it might be important to evaluate that whole friendship. Oh, absolutely. You're, you're not obligated to be friends with anybody just because, you know, they've guilted you. You're, you're not mm-hmm. obligated. That's not the way relationships work. No. Um, and if this person is going to do that to you, they're robbing themselves of something. And I think that might be a typical pattern in their life. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that, that, you know, if you might start, like you said, with trying to lay down boundaries, it may also be important that you, that you, that as you're laying down boundaries, you explain, as we often say, what you need. They're talking about what they want. And you need to tell them what you need. And if they, you know, knowing that if they can't or won't give you that, 
the time, you know, if they're demanding so much of your time that you're not having time to yourself, especially needed as an introvert, that this is, this is not a good friendship for you. You're reaching impasse real quick. This is one of those times where you have to say what you need, because if you're not direct, mm. that person is going to take it in some other way. They will find other ways to spin it. Not to say that every clingy person has an uh, like a, a really unhealthy, toxic mm. background, but you just don't know, and it's important to be direct. I've just I've been burnt once with someone who was clingy, who mm. I wasn't direct with, and I, I I had that explosion on me, and it was you know I I earned it, but there was also some unfair statements that were put in there of when mm. I did say no, thank you, I do not want to come all the way to Toronto to come and have lunch. I'm sorry. Like this just not happening. Um, I give yourself a little bit of a fighting chance with somebody who's clingy, get in front of it before they steamroll you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because once you start to, to be guilted into doing things, you are kind of giving that person power in the relationship. And that there is a power imbalance where they're getting everything they want and you get not nothing that you want. But again, I find myself on the on the other side being wondering about those people who aren't clingy, but there's somebody who's accusing them of being clingy, either in their romantic relationship or, or vice versa. How do we figure out? Like if I'm inside this thing mm -hmm. and I don't think I'm being clingy and I just want to hang out with this person, but they keep accusing me of being clingy. How can I tell if I'm clingy or they're an asshole? <laughs> I think it's important that they, the ball be in their court to hang out next time. I think it's important that they be the ones to approach you then saying, do you want to hang out? Check out that time span of how long it's been since you talked mm -hmm. to when they first initiate or to when they initiate the conversation next. Mm -hmm. Cause then you do start to get a, a, a frame of mind of how much they like to socialize with you. Mm -hmm. You know, interestingly, I used that trick when I was in the dating pool. Oh, okay. If I discovered that I was the one that was initiating all of the conversations, I would stop initiating for a while to see what happened. And many, many times they did not initiate any conversations, in which case I decided I didn't mean that much. So I would just... I just let it go. And really, if you're if you're in a situation, whether you know what, whether you are a clingy person or whether you are not, whether you're being accused of it or, or whatever the situation is, try to find out, is this a friendship? If you stop asking to hang out, if you stop messaging this person, do they reach out? Mm -hmm. Knowing, for example, that many introverts do not. So please cut us a little bit of slack that way. But if somebody does enjoy your company, they will reach out in some way. Mm -hmm. Whether they're sending you their favorite TikTok of the moment or sending you uh, 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 memes or gifts they find, that might be something as well. But if you were the one that's initiating the the contact and the hangout all the time, then that's an imbalanced friendship. If you're the one that was told that you're clinging in the relationship, don't allow yourself to be hurt by that when you know you're not. 
it's it's easy to follow in fall into it feel like you're you're you have to second guess yourself now in all of your relationships and and that can hurt your self-esteem i find that that can hurt the way that you start to interact with others instead remind yourself that this person might just have a different way of socializing mm-hmm. that they might just be someone that really needs their space and that's mm-hmm. their boundary and if they're not going to take the time to contact you then you know it really wasn't about you this whole time no 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 i if i'm if i'm somebody who's wondering am i the clingy one in this relationship am i actually clingy I think the way that I have, the only thing I can do is look at how I react when that person says, I'm sorry, I don't have time to hang out with you. Mm -hmm. If my instinct is to guilt them into hanging out, if my instinct is to shout at them, to, to demand that they, that they spend time with me, then perhaps I'm, I am unhealthily clingy. Oh yeah. You know, Actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I remember a long time ago when I was dating, I knew this guy. Looking back on it, it was a bit awkward. Like, I think he himself was a bit awkward and I'm already awkward. Just the two weren't clinging together. It wasn't a quirky pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, he said something. I remember texting him and I never heard from him. So it was like maybe eight hours later, I texted him. I was like, hey, just want to know if you're okay. I did that because we had already been texting every single day. It was like a pattern of, I haven't heard from you or is everything okay? That was it. That's, that's where it was coming from on my end. Mm. The way he took it was, wow, you text a lot. And meanwhile, I don't, it was just one of those. (laughs) I, I, I really don't. If you know me, I won't talk to you. Is that, if that's what you want, then fine. But like, (laughs) I remember trying so hard not to get hurt. And I remember asking him, is that bad? Like, I don't have to text you all the time. I mean, I just thought we were having a good time. And he's like, I guess I'm just not used to it. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm not used to clingy. I just thought I didn't know how to take that. So I have, I have a question. I have a question in those situations when that was happening, were you the one initiating those conversations? Sometimes no, sometimes it was half and half. And that's why like I was weirded Hmm. out. Hmm. So I thought it was coming from a genuine place and to him, it was coming off as an obligation. Ooh. Yeah. 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 There's the, there it is. Yeah. So then I had one of two choices. I could have been bummed out, upset, and in my own self feel like I was owed an apology because this is not who I am. How dare you? The other half of me was, okay, but he doesn't know you very well. And he's used to something else. So we can be harsh or we can be kind. I chose harsh. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I chose petty. No. <laughs> I did not. No, no. I, I apologized and told him, I, if you need more space, no problem. I just thought that's what we're where we were at. We were not. <laughs> you know, it's the, the thing is that in those early parts of relationship, whether it is a friendship or a, a romantic pairing, you are trying to find someone who is going to, whose means of communication complements your own. 
Mm-hmm. Right. That's ultimately what you want, both in a friendship and in a relationship, a romantic relationship. So in those situations where that isn't happening, that's okay. Because if you pursue that, every interaction will be some form of struggle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and we talk about it in people pleasing. You're not here for other people's entertainment. You're you're not here to you're not here on this earth for them. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. okay to maybe push away on that relationship, wave bye-bye as mm-hmm. they struggle to stay on shore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't owe anybody that. Life's too short to be spending it with people who don't build you up and people who cannot come to terms with their own loneliness. Yeah. People who cannot come to terms with maybe their own mental health struggles. It's important that they find the support that they need. And this isn't to say anyone who's clingy, you know, needs it, but sometimes people do need to seek care. Sure. Or they need, they need, they need something that's not just a friend. If you're relying on one person for everything, then that's that's a codependency thing, and that might be that's a big issue. Absolutely, you you can't be that person that's always going to save them, and they need to understand that they they yeah. need to be they need to have that sense of self and enough self esteem to say something is on me, and I need to I need to mm-hmm. tend to that. As an introvert, it's so important. I mean, our our time, you know, the the time we have spend alone is so important to us. The time we spend with that small group of people that we call friends is so important that somebody who is demanding more of our time is is throwing all of those good things out of balance. And I guess what it comes down to is the people that we are friends with are people that get us, are people that respect our time and respect all of our little our little quirks, right? All of our little needs for for being alone and all of that stuff. Somebody who cannot give you that is not a friend or partner that you will really be able to to have really any kind of deep anything with. Yeah, absolutely. Because one other thing we probably should be careful of when we're when we're deciding if we want these people in our lives, do we, and we want to carry on, let's say you do want to carry on. I do need to stress that it really is not your job to quote unquote, fix them or to help them heal because then what you're turning into is a caregiver. And as someone who is probably not trained in in mental health in that Mm -hmm. way, you will find yourself slowly becoming a therapist. You'll try and find them activities you will try to diagnose and that's just not your place. Hmm. So when you're in that space of deciding if this person should be in your life or not, that is another consideration to take in is, okay, yes, I'm going to keep them around. I really, I, I do enjoy them. I do enjoy them being around, but here's what I need from them. That might be too much to ask of this person that hmm. they, they mold into what you need and because they can't give it. It's just, it's a lot to consider. We always weigh our friendships, right? And we weigh our friendships by, like, what are the levels of friendship here? We have our very few close friends. We have a slightly wider circle of people who are acquaintances. And then we have people that we know. And people that fall outside of those groups or 
like they're that we don't often have a lot of time for them. And so the people that are our friends, we enjoy our time with them. And that's the most important thing is do you enjoy your time with this person? And if you don't, then they're not really ever going to be a friend. No, exactly. It's just going to become someone who has limitations in your life. And that just sounds like baggage, extra weight. And it's not fair to that person. No. Yeah, they, they need to be able to move on. They need to be able to find, <clears throat> yeah. carve out for themselves those relationships. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest. I had to the internet, but we legitimately covered every single thing. Well, all right then. <laughs> Did we learn anything today? I learned that I think I could have been a little bit more compassionate to those I ghosted. I could have been way kinder and more direct. Because when we're not direct, it's a form of self-harm and it's not advocating for yourself. What are you smiling about? I'm (laughs) smiling because I too should have been more direct Mm. in those situations. I should not have necessarily go I should not have ghosted that person. I should have said something anything that entailed yeah, I don't feel good about that. It's just like you're such an earnest human being and you are so humble and I appreciate you so much. <laughs> that I just there was something about that sweet little sentence of I didn't I didn't like that. No, I didn't like it. I should have said something, but instead I ghosted. But I and I I should have said something and I should have probably been more direct with that person that ended up exploding on me to which I to which I feel very bad about right now. But I know that that's just a it's a lesson learned. Hmm. And I am approaching 30 and Life, life is just, I just, I'm growing up. What can I say? I'm growing up. We're all growing up. I mean, here's the, the important thing is that in, in all of those situations, regardless of whether it was a romantic one, a friendship, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the, when we are in those imbalanced friendships, even though we might feel bad about turning somebody away, there are situations where for our own well-being, we have to. And it, it, it sometimes, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, do we, we have to be a little bit selfish sometimes, and it's terrible to say. But our, the, the friendships that we have are valuable and too valuable for one person to monopolize all of our time. No, it's true. You know, think of it this way as well, is you may feel bad. And, and yes, it's to a degree, it's selfish. Another way to frame it, though, is that their world is bigger than you. So to assume that you, you know, to do this, you're going to be, you know, for me, I always took on the guilt of, oh my gosh, but I don't want to hurt them. They really like me. It's like breaking up with somebody. Their world is a lot bigger. And if it's not, it's not on you to make it bigger. It's true. And I would say if they did like you, if they did really like you, they would they would uh, uh, I, they would respect the boundaries that you need to that you need to put up mm-hmm. in your life. Mm-hmm.
for everybody. Uh-huh.